Thucydides once said, now the only sure basis of an alliance is for each party to be equally afraid of the other. Keep this in mind, as I discussed today, Sweden's decision not to allow nuclear weapons stationed on its territory. My name is David Waralu, and you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict. The world is a random, meaningless chaos, or is it? How do some of the best, wealthiest, and most powerful people seem to know what's coming before it happens? Well, one way is that they create the circumstances in their favor, but the other is that they know how to read the world's stage and spot patterns and trends in key areas. They don't get lost in the overwhelm of endless information. They know what's important to pay attention to using their own formulas. And most importantly, they know where to put that information to actually make it usable. Would you like to be able to do the same thing? Well, we have a course that teaches you to do that exact same thing. It's called No Nonsense Politics. So if you want the leg up that some of the world's brightest have, as well as an online community of people who think for themselves just like you, check it out. Link in the description box below. In a surprise move, Sweden declares its intentions not to allow NATO's nuclear weapons on its territory. What's the beef, you may ask? In this video, I am going to provide you an analysis as to why that is and how this decision reflects the growing division that exists within NATO alliance. Sweden plans to declare nuclear weapons cannot be stationed on its territory when the country joined the NATO military alliance officially. And the reason they're doing this, they're following in the footsteps of its Nordic neighbors, Norway, Denmark, and Finland. The, this is what the Swedish foreign minister told the local news agency. So Sweden and Finland, as you may know, both of them applied to a membership in NATO, whether they applied voluntarily or they were coerced to join the alliance. And the move by both Sweden and Finland was triggered by Russia's military operations in Ukraine, as you may know. So, so far, the application for the membership has been ratified by 28 members of NATO's 30 countries. That means two countries have not approved yet. I don't know one for sure. It's Turkey, but I do not know the other country. So, but before I delve deeper into all this, let's talk about geography, just to provide you a brief insights about geography, because geography is very important. Sweden is a country in a northern Europe on the Scandinavian peninsula. It borders Norway to the west, Finland to the northeast, and the Baltic Sea and Gulf of Bothnia to the south and east. At about uh, 450,000 square kilometers, the equivalency of about 170,000 square miles, Sweden is the 55th largest country in the world. It is also the fifth largest in Europe and the largest in Northern Europe. 
Sweden has about uh, 3,200 kilometers, the equivalency of 2,000 miles, long coastline on the eastern side of the Scandinavian mountains chain. On the western border, which separates Sweden from Norway. Sweden also has a maritime border with Denmark, Germany, Poland, Russia, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. And it is also linked to Denmark through the southwest by the uh, horizon. But here is a note for you. NATO land border with Russia is set to more than double as Finland and Sweden submit their membership application to NATO. Because here's the thing, just FYI, Russia currently shares a land border of 1,215 kilometers or 754 miles with NATO members. But once Finland joins, that, that border line will increase to 2,600 kilometers. It's very, very interesting. I also wanted to provide you a brief snapshot of the history aspects of it. The Swedes scored the largest naval victory in their history over the Russians, but it did not readmit them to the club of the great powers. For almost the entire 17th century, Sweden basked into the glory of great power status back then. Its army and navy considered among the strongest in Europe and they won a string of brilliant victories in numerous wars and with them vast new possessions along the shores of the Baltic Sea, effectively turning it into a Swedish lake. This state of affairs was radically altered during the course of the Great Northern War of 1700-1721, in which the Swedes locked horns with a coalition of Russia, Denmark, the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, and Saxony. Despite some early successes, defeat in the Battle of Poltava on July 8, 1709, was followed by further failure on land and at sea as well. And at last, in 1721, Sweden was forced to sign the Treaty of Nastad, under which is ceded to Russia the territories of Livonia, which is central and, not, and northern Latvia today, Estland, which is today Estonia, Ingria, which is today Leningrad, and the city of St. Petersburg, and the southeastern part of Finland. So, why is this important? It is important to understand the history and the geography, but to put it within the context of what's going on right now. Well, what's going on right now is that the Swedish supreme commander, the General, uh, General Michael Beden, raised eyebrows this month when he recommended that the Swedish government should not insert any red lines in the final negotiations with NATO, such as bans against permanent alliance bases or nuclear weapons on Swedish soil. You can read between the lines. However, current foreign minister 
Tobias Bellstrom said Sweden will join Denmark and Norway in unilaterally declaring that it will not allow nuclear weapons in Sweden. Bellstrom added, and I quote, it is still the long-term moderate party position. We have never intended to change the conditions for the applications submitted by the previous government. End of quote. And by the way, the moderate party-led alliance won the September 2022 general elections ending the eight years of social democratic rule in Sweden. Talk about trends, huh? Look no further than what happened in Italy as well. So, and their former prime minister, Magdalena Andersson, who was an economist, by the way, who has served as a leader of the opposition since October 2022, and a leader of the Swedish Social Democratic Party since 2021. Under her leadership, Sweden was hell-bent to get NATO membership. But with the victory of the Ulf Christensen, who is the new prime minister, things are quite different now. The victory of the Swedish right-wing parties in the most recent general elections is in itself a mandate of the Swedish people. Now that Ulf Christensen is in charge of his country's administration, he is doing everything in his power to show the West that he rejects the Western narrative to provoke Russia. A recent example of that is this. It is not hidden or a secret from anybody that NATO, or simply the United States for that matter, is considering locking horns with Russia over nuclear weapons. Basically, NATO is working tirelessly to possession nuclear weapons as quickly as possible close to Russia. Sweden, meanwhile, has already decided to keep itself aside from all this circus. According to a report by Reuters, Sweden has denied stationing NATO's nuclear weapons on its soil and plans to declare nuclear weapons cannot be stationed on Swedish territory even after the country joined the NATO military alliance officially. But here is the surprising part, and the surprising part is a retaliation against Sweden. Just after Sweden announcement, Sweden's largest nuclear reactor got sabotaged in an unwanted circumstances. You all get the idea who will sabotage such thing. Firstly, Sweden's largest nuclear reactor was disconnected from the national grid after a fault in one of its turbines. Yeah, right. Later on, Germany also started to snag Sweden's nuclear ambitions. Well, Germany always does what it's being told to do. So the Prime Minister of Sweden, Olf Christensen, has reversed the previous Magdalena Andersson government's policy of switching entirely to renewable energy when his new administration was inaugurated in Stockholm recently. The government also announced the construction 
of more nuclear reactors. As I always say, follow the trends. You all see where this is going, given the energy crisis in Europe. Even the state-owned energy corporation called the uh, Vattenfall was ordered by the new administration to prepare for the building of additional reactors and look into the possibility of restarting old nuclear reactors like Ringal Unit 1 and 2. So, to put this within the context of global security, geopolitical landscape, and of course the reality in Europe given the energy crisis, you look at this issue from the historical context and also from a geopolitical one. So from the historical context, the issue goes beyond the Baltic region and up to the Nordic states, particularly Finland and Sweden. These countries and Russia have had a long history, though hostilities ceased after World War II. The last military conflict between Russia and Sweden ended in 1809, and following the conflict, Sweden declared, get this, guys, Sweden declared permanent neutrality. Makes you just wonder, was Sweden pressured to join the alliance? I'll let you reach that conclusion yourself. With Denmark and Norway, Russia has had friendly relations for centuries, except for the Cold War era tensions. And speaking of Norway, by the way, it finds itself in a delicate position whether to accept the U.S. and NATO allies' proposal to host sensors or anti-ballistic missile systems on its territory. Surprisingly, the Norwegian government refused to accept the U.S. and NATO's offer. And once again, or rightly so. So that becomes the question that we all need to ask. Should Sweden withdraw its application from NATO? What do you think? Let me know your thoughts. As always, prepare yourself for a change in world order. Till next time. Bye-bye.